you are divine. Hello there, my beautiful pumpkins. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to Divine Authenticity. I am your host, Chloe Taylor, and I have an idea of what I want to talk about today, but I do not have a working title, so we're going to suss that out later. I'm Obviously, you already know what the episode's titled, but I don't. Um, hello. Good morning, gorgeous soul. My gosh, I'm in such a good mood. I feel like Oh, and the sun is literally just rising. What a great day. I hope wherever you are, whatever you're doing, that you can feel like you feel the joy, the sunshine, the light through my my words, through my voice. And I hope that you literally internalize that and soak it all in. I am sending you the brightest, most beautiful glowing orange lights. And I hope that it reaches you and fills you with nothing but motivation and passion today, which is really a weird thing to say, considering what I want to talk about mostly is about like flow and working with the divine feminine and getting back into like the creative groove. And I want to talk about like the things that I feel like have really attributed to me getting back into that space. And I have no, like I said, I have no idea what I'm going to call this episode, but let's just, let's just get to it. So many of y'all know that maybe not everybody, some, I, I recently had somebody tell me that they found me from my podcast. Like they came from my podcast to my YouTube channel and that blew my mind that there are enough of you listening to this podcast that this podcast is like its own thing that people don't even realize sometimes that I do other things other than make these podcasts. So maybe not all of you do know, but uh, I do have a YouTube channel that is like my main, my main, I shouldn't even say it's like my main thing because I love doing a multitude of things, but it is the thing that I probably give the most energy to online. And recently I had hit a huge creative rut and I was just like, gosh, like nothing is inspiring me. Nothing sounds fun right now. And it's because I make a lot of pick a card content. And here's the thing. (laughs) When you, if you ever create a YouTube channel, if you, or if you like ever become your own boss and you work in any kind of digital marketing It has the potential to overtake your life (laughs) and literally be the thing that you are constantly trying to learn so that you can advance your business. And don't get me wrong, of course, I'm like love and light and I really do lean more into that. But I also recognize that the things that I do online do sustain me as a person monetarily. And I don't think there's any shame in that and admitting that like everybody knows that that is my main job is being a tarot card reader on YouTube. But when your creative passion that started as a creative passion becomes your source of income and what you do for a living, sometimes that can suck the creativity and the joy right out of it when you feel like you have to overproduce the same thing over and over and over so that you can live. And I just was not feeling good about my content. I was like, you know, I don't want to make this stuff. I don't feel like it's coming from my heart. I feel like, and I can't work under those conditions, especially when you're dealing in like the spiritual realm and you are 
connecting to the divine with your like energy channel, you can't come at it from that angle. The readings just don't come out right and you don't channel correctly. At least for me, it like really throws off my channeling. I I won't speak for other people, but for myself, it really throws off my ability to be able to channel and exist in that state. And so I was feeling like really depleted and I was feeling depleted just kind of all over. And I was feeling really anxious. And many of y'all know I deal with bouts of depression and anxiety. And I I don't necessarily have, like, I have some tools that help me, but I'm definitely still navigating that space. I wouldn't say that I live there consistently, but especially anxiety had just been cropping up a lot. Like, in everyday spaces where like I would be sitting on the couch, my husband would get out of work, which he also works from home. We do different things, but like he actually like has to respond into an office, but he's just from home. Um, But when he gets out of work, because uh, we are in like separate rooms in our house, different office rooms, um, he would like come to spend time with me. I would immediately be anxious like feeling like I hadn't done enough that day. And mind you, I want to make it very clear. My husband is not that kind of person. He doesn't judge my character or my merit based off of what I have done that day. He, in fact, almost never asks me or is like, what did you do? Like, it's never like that. The anxiety that I felt was really cropping up is a lot more to do with really, it it always comes back to the childhood, I swear. I feel like not everybody, I mean, I am also living proof that you can experience trauma in your adult life as well. If you've listened to any of my like mental health episodes that I've talked about, I went through a uh, crisis, a mental health crisis last year that I'm still dealing with at this point a little bit. But the stuff that I was dealing with really, I came to discover was stemming from childhood limiting beliefs that were absolutely, and I don't say this with an ounce of fear that my father will hear this episode. I would tell this to my father's face. Um, I have like no shame around this, but um, growing up, my father was very, oh, the day's half over if you slept in till nine. Like, it was very like black and white thinking in terms of sleep schedules and productivity. And because this was drilled so far into me, I'm really learning now in my 30s that I do not have to be productive 24-7 to exist. I do not have to be productive to matter. I do not have to be productive to to earn rest. That is not something that should coexist. And I do think right now, especially in America, I won't speak for other countries because I don't know how it is everywhere else, but at least in America, everybody feels like they have to earn the right to rest. And frankly, we've all been taught wrong. I'm not really sure why we do. Well, I know why it's because working and labor and I don't even I don't even want to get into all of that. That's a whole other thing. It's a whole other topic for a whole other time. But my point to this is, and I do have a point. <laughs> my point to bringing this up is I was feeling so much anxiety around like not being productive enough is really what I came to understand. 
And mind you, as I went through my mental health crisis last year, I did not upload as frequently. I, there were several months where I uploaded like two or three times a month and I would feel really anxious about that, not feeling as consistent or committed to my work, um, not feeling like I was doing enough, not feeling like I was serving people enough, not, you know, especially on like Patreon, if, if there was a month where I didn't get one of the readings that I, like, I usually try to do at least three, at least three readings on my Patreon. And if I felt like I fell short on that, I would be anxious all month until I got it done. Mind you, all while I'm trying to heal, right? All while I'm trying to heal from my own crisis, I'm worried about all of this work and all of like not feeling like I can rest. And I still deal with a lot of these fears. Even today, I'm still working through this stuff. I am definitely not healed from this stuff. I think it is a process and I think I keep circling back to it. But my point is, is with this black and white mentality of, you know, you have to be up at this time in the day or you can't be productive, basically. I felt like I was reeling on this anxiety and every time it always seemed to crop up whenever my husband would show up. And again, like I was saying, my husband has never once been somebody that has judged my level of productivity. He is a fucking angel baby and I am so blessed to have this beautiful man in my life. But I think it was really more of just like the masculine presence of ready. I'm always ready to feel judged and basically what I had decided to do, and I did this, like, this is my second round of this. <laughs> I did this once several months ago, and I did it as a means to an end, though. I purposefully was making myself stay up later to get to a quote-unquote normal sleep schedule. And this time I'm doing things significantly differently. And... I'm finally understanding why this is happening. <laughs> so there's a kind of before I can get to the main point of why I'm bringing this up, there's a second part. There's like a second little side story I have to bring in here or it's not going to make sense. So put what everything I just said kind of on pause for a second. And I need to say that I'd also been having a lot of sleep anxiety specifically like laying down in bed and this has been the case since gosh I don't even know how long I've struggled with sleep anxiety I've struggled with sleep anxiety for I'm trying to think of how many years how many years have I struggled with sleep anxiety and it's not like I'm afraid of sleep paralysis it's not like I have bad dreams it literally is the fear that I will not get enough sleep. And so I just won't sleep because I am so anxious that I won't get enough. And then that spirals me into health anxiety where I think, oh, if I don't sleep, like I'm going to slowly deteriorate. And I have horrible health anxiety as well. So the health anxiety really is like on another level. I really try to keep her in check because man, that gets out of hand real fast. But with the sleep anxiety, when I went through my mental health crisis, this sleep anxiety got cranked up to 11. I already had sleep anxiety. And because the panic attack that I had that really spiked everything out of control was all around sleep, I woke up and started having a panic attack while I had been previously taking a nap and allowing myself to rest. 
And so this made sleep so much scarier, so much harder. And finally, what I said after, you know, I'd experienced all of this anxiety every time, like my husband would be present after work, or it just seemed like it was constantly always coming up and it always seemed to be around productivity. And finally, and I tried this once before, but like I said, it was a means to an end. This time I said, fuck it. (laughs) I work for myself. It does not matter when I go to bed. It does not matter when I wake up. Yes, there are some things that are still a little irritating. Like if I want to go to Starbucks, I can't wake up at 9 p.m. Otherwise, I don't get to go to Starbucks until whenever they open at like six, right? I can't have that morning coffee out or there are certain things that are closed that I can't go to when I first wake up in the morning, but I can get to them eventually. If I wake up that late, like I'll, I'll see those things at some point in my day if I want to. But basically I've just said, fuck it. I'm going to bed when I want to. I'm getting up when I want to. I will sleep when I'm tired and I will wake up when I naturally wake up. No alarms, no nothing. So far, I am not on any kind of like track. Like there is no normalcy that's happening. There is no one day I wake up at this time, one day I go to bed at this time. It has been pretty random for the last week or so. Um, I do feel like my sleep time is starting to get later and later, meaning Like in the beginning, I was falling asleep at like six o'clock in the morning and waking up in the late afternoon, early evening, around three or four, maybe. Today, I woke up at 7 p.m. and now it's 734 in the morning. And of course, I'm still awake. It's only been about 12 hours. Um, And I'm like wide awake still because I wouldn't normally sleep until about 16 to 18 hours into my day. So all of this to say that... I'm just really, really, really trying to trust my body and let it just do what it wants. And I do think the only hard part (laughs) is the social nicety aspect, uh, aspect. I have to explain to people if they ask why I am not available at certain times, why I cannot commit to a time frame right now, unless it fits into a certain criteria, like my sleep and wake cycle is so all over the place that... I can't really make plans. And what I have come to find out is I actually think that that's the point. And I say that because as this has happened and I'm awake basically all night, basically I'm awake all night, every night I'm awake all night. Number one, my husband has to report in for his work at a certain time. So he has to go to bed. He can't stay up all night with me. Number two, All of my friends are asleep at this time. All of my family members that I talk to are asleep at this time as well. So it's just me, myself, my thoughts, my journal, my tarot cards. It is all me. And I'm not used to that. I'm used to everybody wanting to hang out. I'm used to playing games with friends. I'm used to chatting with people. I'm used to family members wanting to play like Switch games with me. I'm used to doing things with friends locally on the weekends, right? I'm used to having all of these engagements, whether they are virtual or personal or like in person. I've really had to put those things on pause and make space for myself. I'm actually really proud of myself. 
I have a friend that I haven't talked to in like months that I'm I've been like really like excited to talk to. Normally, I would tell her, "Oh, you set the time, I'll show up." And I said, "Hey, my sleep is kind of like this right now. This is what I'm thinking. If we can make that work, let's make it work." And I'm not like I notice that my sleep anxiety gets very bad or like worse. If I try to control my sleep in any way, like I think kind of what I'm hoping is that eventually as I prove to myself and my body that I'm okay and I'm capable of sleep and I am capable of getting very restful sleep and it, I'm, it's not going to result in a panic attack. I think as I continue to come back to equilibrium, eventually my body is going to decide on a rhythm that it wants to be on. That is the hope. If that does not work, then I will continue to rest and wake when that feels normal for me, you know, quote unquote normal. But my point is, I thought it was really cool that I was able to tell somebody like, this is what I need right now. It basically has forced me to create boundaries <laughs> where previously as a recovering chronic people pleaser, I did not have those boundaries where somebody would ask me if I was available, I would make myself available. And that comes down to like, all of my friends, all of my family members, my spouse, I always felt like if somebody needed something for me or wanted to do something together. And of course, like there are times where I really want to do those things. Most often I do want to do those things. But there are have been plenty of occasions where I've been in the middle of like a deep journaling session, or I've been reading my cards for myself and trying to like connect on something or I've been wanting to meditate or I've been wanting to do my own self-care routine, but I immediately feel guilty if I put myself first. And this whole scenario has really, really forced me to have to put myself first. And mostly because um, the reason that this even like happened is I started having anxiety attacks, not panic attacks, but anxiety attacks around it. And I was like, I can't live like this. Like something has to give. I cannot, I cannot. I cannot not sleep. I can't force myself to sleep in a certain rhythm because it was causing anxiety. And the craziest thing happened about two nights ago. I was reading my tarot cards, which now that I've had so much time by myself over the last like 10 days, I am so much more connected with myself. I want to talk about a few more other things that I've been doing as well that have been just so, wow, thought provoking and eye opening. And it's been such a great experience is... I was reading from this book, I think it's called like the Unshakable Peace Oracle. I'll link the deck down below if you're curious about it. But basically in this deck, it, they're just like cards that they're they're about like finding your peace. And I was asking my cards, like, why so much anxiety? Like, where is this coming from? And like, I believe that tarot does have the ability to connect us to our own awareness. I don't think they should replace psychiatric help, of course. But for myself, I think it's okay that I'm the one doing the reading and I'm asking about my own anxiety. So I was like, why all of the anxiety? Like, I'm so tired of being anxious. And I literally pulled this card out of this deck that was like, I think the sentence it said was something about the anxiety isn't here to hurt you. Literally, it mentioned anxiety. The anxiety is not here to hurt you. It's here to show you what in your life is not aligned and is not working. 
And I was like, holy shit. I just got the chills when I repeated it. But I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like there's so much more meaning and depth to what is going on that I'm just sitting here like anxious all the time, freaking out about how I'm not sleeping, freaking out about how I can't get a quote unquote handle on things, how my day is half over now, like my dad would say, how I'm not being productive. And I'm basically like this worthless piece of crap that can't get their life together when none of that was ever true. And this is so much more about being comfortable in my own skin and being comfortable setting boundaries and saying no and making decisions that honor me. And of course, even now, I still like have those feelings of anxiety sometimes when I want to do something else and somebody invites me to do something different. And I think that's also like, it's a two part for me. On one hand, I had a father that was very like productivity focused and um, would really push that like early rising energy. But on the flip side of that, I also had that narcissistic mother in my life that there was a lot of guilt that was given to me if I didn't want to do the things that she wanted to do. And so I would always feel guilty like it was my fault. And I'm still really working through a lot of that healing. And I believe that healing is like a never ending process. I don't think I'm ever going to be somebody that's like 100% healed. Even if I healed somehow all of my childhood trauma, like there would be new things, right? Like we're always experiencing new aspects of life. So I don't feel like I'm ever going to be somebody that's just like 100% healed. But I see where so many things are always tied to my past. And Man, sometimes I do honestly wish, <laughs> like I'm just, I'm just being honest here. Sometimes I genuinely wish that I did not grow up the way that I did, but I think a lot of us wish we did not grow up the way that we did. And I really do try to see it in a way that serves me and honors me in some way, because I do believe there is meaning and purpose in everything. That's just the kind of person that I am, but my goodness, um, I would love to stop fucking circling the drain on my childhood trauma. That would be so nice. <laughs> that would be so nice to just not have to deal with that. But you know what? I'm learning new things about myself constantly. And this is one of those things that I do believe at some point it will shift. But right now, this is the medicine that I need. And it really has been nice. Like I've cried a lot. <laughs> not going to lie to you about it. Not going to sugarcoat it. I have cried so much over the last 10 days, especially at night when I'm by myself. But it has been such a good thing. They've been like very healing tears. And I've just had so many great insights into my own psyche and into where I'm headed right now and what has been going on in my inner landscape. So that kind of leads me into the second thing, which is I've been doing so much more connecting with my inner child as well. Like, yes, of course, I'm still working. But to be honest, I'm not working nearly as much as I thought I would be. I thought I would be working like full steam ahead several hours every night. But honestly, every time I would sit and connect with my tarot cards, they would be like, girl, you just need to relax. You just need to let ease happen. You just need to chill out. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep chilling out then. And something that I recently did that was so great. Um, 
This one is a little, I mean, my podcast is marked as explicit, so I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess censor. I'm not trying to censor anything. Like, I am a human being that enjoys human things. Um, I recently had started playing this game on Steam that it is like, how do I even put this? <laughs> do I want to say this? Do I want to talk about this? There's a part of me that's like, maybe that's too much, Chloe. But like, I also think if you want to be sex positive, which I believe that I am, I need to not be shy about this shit because there's nothing to be shy about. I am a person that enjoys sex. Like, that's fine. Um, and I also believe in the power of like manifestation through orgasm as well. And just orgasming because it feels good, you know? Um no, I'm going to say it. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell. I'm going to give you the tea. But <laughs> I recently, so as a kid, I need to kind of take it back there with like connecting to my inner child. As a kid or like an adolescent, really, probably like 13, 14, 15 in that range, I used to play The Sims 3, The Sims 2, and then The Sims 3 until like the wee hours of the morning if I could. And especially in college even. So even up to like being 18, 19. Um, in early college, I would stay up for like 36 hours and I would just play the Sims. Uh, that's honestly like my first career was in my first like entrepreneurial career was in gaming. And I used to play the Sims specifically. And honestly, I think the Sims in some way was kind of my own personal sexual awakening because y'all know I absolutely, my bisexual ass, I absolutely always had two ladies running away together, okay? And we were doing all the woohoo, which if you play the Sims, you know all about that. Um, but my point is, is that I would pour like hours, days even into a video game that I just loved playing. And I've had games that I've played over the last few years in spurts here and there. Um, I played Zelda Breath of the Wild twice because I loved that game so much, but it didn't really captivate me the same way as basically it's not The Sims. It's not the same as The Sims. It is not a life simulation game. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you are a baby child, I'm pretty sure this game is like an explicit purchase on Steam. You cannot buy it unless you are, I want to say at least 18, I think is the limit. But there is this game on Steam that is called Treasures of Nadia. And I'm not going to lie to you. It is literally like, it is a game. Like the game has sustenance. I am not trying to tell you that it is not a game that you, you do have to do like puzzles and shit in the game. But there is a lot of explicit content in this game. <laughs> and I have just been, like, I think it was yesterday. I just, all night, that was all I did. I just played this game, Treasures of Nadia, all night. And to me, it's like the adult version of what I would do as an adolescent in The Sims, which my Sims were always banging. Like, it's fine. Um, but that was like my source of entertainment. This one is more like visual novel with some gameplay and a lot of explicit content. Um, 
But, and also I do want to say if any of you end up checking this game out, I do not condone like any of the relationships, like the main character that you play is a really like messed up. They have so many, like the game I wouldn't even say is like a sex positive game because there are some relationships that you're just like, what in the fuck? Like some of the things that they say, you're like, no, 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 no. Who made this? Who said that this was a good idea? Um, but anyways, that's not the point. That's neither here nor there. Uh, my point to this, to telling you about this explicit game that I've been like super into over the last, over the last little while is my point is, is that I, I just would play and I was just so immersed. I don't think I've let myself play in, I couldn't even tell you how long it has been since I have just let myself play something and not be interrupted by another person not feel guilty for not doing the dishes or doing something else. Um, this is also like the same reason that I would always limit myself from watching like Netflix or movies or TV is because I recognize that I'll get very sucked in. And I used to think that, that was a bad thing and not for anybody else, just specifically for me, I used to like feel really guilty and judge myself. And it's been actually very, very, very healing to connect with that version of myself that just wants to play. And like I said, very adult version of playing uh, this game in particular. I'm only like really driving that point home because like I said, that is not a game for children. Like, yeah, it's a lot going on in that game. But just the fact that I was able to just like enjoy my time going through the different puzzles, getting the different outfits, um, getting all of the different like things you have to make in the game. And it just... It felt nice just to be by myself completely immersed in this. I, I genuinely couldn't tell you the last time I've had an experience like that, where it was like, I think I spent nine hours, not 10. It was like nine hours the first night playing. And I think the first couple of hours I was playing while like in a call talking to a couple of people before they went to bed on just like discord. And once they went to bed, I just continued to play for the next like seven hours by myself, just fully immersed. And like, how often do we give ourselves that freedom to just be so immersed in something that we're genuinely enjoying a book, a video game, um, a puzzle, a TV show, right? Any, and just do it without guilt. There should be no guilt or shame around it. And that's what I'm talking about. That to me was like the most pure essence of my inner child was doing something without the guilt. Even though, like I said, we had like the parental stuff that probably made me feel guilty over time. But like, especially in early college, I remember that being something I did a lot. I didn't have guilt because nobody was watching me. Nobody was telling me what to do. I lived on my own. I had roommates, but I had my own room and they didn't bother me. Like, it just, at every point in my life that I have felt really like free and at peace, it's been in those moments of being able to be immersed in my own thing, no matter what it is. And I feel like for me, that was such a deep healing that I didn't even know that I needed in my life at this time. Like when I finally stopped playing and thought about it, I was like, wow, I just like time warped for X amount of hours and I had so much fun doing it. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care 
a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And then to my third point, this one as like a new kind of thing that I've learned from this sleep schedule <laughs> or lack of sleep schedule as I've been like really just learning more about me and diving in. Um, I recently have discovered this one. I feel like is actually the hardest thing for me to talk about. And it's only because I never, I'm just going to be very honest growing up in a religion I am aware of religious oppression and I will never be somebody that wants to give that to people. I never want to like, I myself believe in no religion. I don't think like for me, I will speak for myself. I don't judge you. If you want to be part of some kind of a religion for myself, I do not like religion. I think it actually doesn't let us be free and it doesn't give us the right to being our own best divine self. It says, this is divine. This is where you pray. This is who you pray to. And so when I, as I've kind of been spending this time by myself, the reason I bring up that religious chunk is I hit such a low point that I remember stopping whatever I was doing on one evening that I was by myself. And I haven't prayed to God in like years. And this is not me fucking getting saved. This is not me going back to any sort of Christianity. I want to make that very clear. And before you run away screaming, if you're somebody that does not believe in God, hear me out for a second. Or don't, you know, I respect that too. Um, again, I don't, I don't force any form of belief on anybody. I prayed and I was like, if you're like still a figure that I should even be talking to, like, cause I believe in like deity work, right? I believe in like working with the goddess, working with Aphrodite. Like, I don't really think God is any different. I just think that on both sides of the coin, God kind of has a bad reputation. Like religion really took God and was like, oh, it's this and this and this. And you're bad if you don't do this and this and this. And on the opposite side of that, it's like, I have no God, right? Or I have nothing and I worship nothing. And I I don't turn to anybody. There's nothing outside of me. I don't, I don't care what anybody decides or wants to believe. It's not about that. I'm just talking about my own experience. I was like, I haven't had a relationship with you in, I don't even know how many years. I don't think I'll ever be able to have the relationship that we used to have because I was way more uh, religiously oppressed and I believed so many different things. I don't believe in the Bible. I will never go back to believing the Bible. For all I know, that shit is fan fiction. And if we are supposed to have a relationship still, like, if you're still basically, if you're still my homie and like you want to be here for me during this time of need, can you please just help me? And I did feel better, which I thought was really strange. I felt like more peaceful after that. And that's not even like the, the, that's not even the main point I want to get to. <laughs> so 
The first thing I want to say, though, is that I don't know that I necessarily believe in God, even with that experience of like being given more peace. I don't know that I believe in God. I still think that that can be source. That could be the universe. That could be the ether. That could be whatever we decide, that same source. I just felt comforted in that moment addressing that energy as God. However, the craziest thing, after that initial experience, a few nights later, I got, I'm going to pick it up so I can tell you exactly what it's called. I got the Rose Oracle by Rebecca Campbell. Um, I'll link it down below. It is her newest deck. She also made the letters or she wrote light is the new black. She wrote letters to a star seed. She wrote rise sister rise. She had, she made the star seed Oracle tarot. Uh, she also did work your light or not tarot. It's an Oracle, the star seed Oracle and the work your light Oracle. This is her third Oracle deck. Um, and it's illustrated by Katie Louise. And this deck has a meditation that comes with it that you can like, if you punch your receipt into Rebecca Campbell's websites, you get access to this meditation. It also comes written on a card, but I encourage if you buy this deck, go and listen to the meditation and actually do it. It's 10 minutes long. And this whole deck is based around a motherly presence, like Mother Earth, or again, it could be that source energy, it could be the god and goddess if you're Wiccan, right? I've never felt a divine mother presence before, until now. And it has been maybe seven days no, it hasn't even been that many days. It's been less days than that. What? Whenever this deck came out, it's been six days. By the time you hear this, it'll have been much longer. But it's been about six days. And not only during this meditation process did I feel that presence around me, it hasn't left me in a good way. It's been a good thing. I've never felt more connected to a tarot card deck or an oracle deck than this one. I literally read for it from it every single day, like just like one card a day. And I feel so much more peace in my life. And I feel held. I feel seen. I feel understood. And I don't, I don't know how to explain that kind of spiritual presence. If you have not felt it for yourself, the only thing I can compare it to is the relationship I used to have with God, <laughs> But without all of the like religious bullshit, if that makes any sense, <laughs> like no religious bullshit or stigma behind it or oppression, just the good feelings of being held and having that spiritual connection and like feeling such a beautiful feminine presence with me. And it was like literally the medicine that I needed right now. And I feel like. I don't know if it would have come about if I didn't have all of this time to myself to meditate by myself to be in my own energy to ask for that guidance to open myself up to like normally when I get a tarot deck because I do this for a living. I don't always take my time to look at all of the cards. I have so many decks that I don't always treat every single one as, as special. And I think that comes with anything that you do excessively 
right? And like, I love this deck so much. I don't even know if I want to read with it on my channel. Like, it's so personal to me that and the imagery and the things about the cards. And like, I have cried many tears over these cards. There are tears on so many of these cards when I've cried on them. Like, it's just been such a good experience to have this. And all with like the metaphor of the rose and how like I'm such a rose person too. like my favorite flower is a rose all through the metaphor of roses and mother nature and being held by nature. And just, I wish I could put the feelings that I have had into better words, but I can't like, it's one of those things that I feel like you would have to feel it for yourself to fully comprehend what I'm saying I'm just so shocked, especially growing up religious and never being taught of a divine motherly presence ever. Like, yes, I've, like I said, I've worked with deities. Aphrodite is my homie. Like I've had a divine feminine presence in my life, but not like this. This is different. And it like, it almost feels like if you could imagine this, this is a good way to explain it. Okay. If you could imagine the highest version of your own mother. Okay. Like this person literally being like made to be the best match for you as their child, your highest version of your own mother, just there to do nothing but support you, take care of you, love you, nurture you. That is what it feels like. It feels like having the most perfect version of a mother for me is just there and listens and understands and holds me and lets me cry, lets me vent, lets me like, I don't even again, I feel like I'm talking a little bit crazy. Like, this is such a new experience for me that I don't even quite know how to talk about it yet. Because it is something that I was never taught. And I think most people don't really talk about it either. And like, I hear Wiccans talk about this a lot because they also honor the goddess. And I've heard again with like deity work, I work with my own deity. Like I've heard these things, but never like this. And I really think that the reason this connection opened was because number one, it started with trying to open a connection to like God once again. And so I was already kind of in that territory a little bit. And then when I saw this meditation in this deck, I usually, like I said, I don't bother with meditations with decks. Usually I just start using the deck the day that I get it. And I don't really think much of it. I don't study the book. I let kind of what comes out, come out. I read more from my intuition. It's different. And I was more open and susceptible to the meditation because I was like, oh, this is like a motherly thing that we're inviting in. I love that. This is like motherly energy. Um, let me actually read. If you want to hear, I'll read it to you. Um, so this is what is called the Rose Oracle Attunement. So on one side of the card, like I said, you can get this in audio format as well if you have the deck. But on one side of the card, it said, and maybe this will help attune you, like if you want to listen to this, it says, on the back of this card, you will find the Rose Oracle Attunement Altar card. You can use the attunement to ritually connect with your Oracle and Mother Rose each time you use it. You can find a free visual and audio ritual version at the attunement at therosoracle.com. 
Okay, so the back of the card, and this is not collaboration or anything. We never have sponsors on the podcast, at least not at this point. I have my one sponsor that I recorded like through Anchor, but excuse me. We don't like, I don't actually take sponsored content usually. So not sponsored. I just really have enjoyed it. It says the Rose Oracle attunement. Mother Rose, you who were present long before me and who will continue after we're gone. Bless this oracle and all who use it. May it be a gateway for all to return to ourselves, the earth and each other. May our connection with the voice of our soul be made stronger with every use. May all who touch it feel cherished, held, loved, softened, and seen. May it deliver insight, understanding, compassion, and guidance that's in the highest interest of all beings, past, present, and future. When I'm holding space for another, help me to step out of the way and invite others to connect with the wisdom that exists deep within them. Guide me and all who use it to embrace our ever-changing true nature and the seasons of our lives with compassion, understanding, and grace. Show us how we can plant ourselves here more deeply than ever before. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that's just like the attunement that she, and she like explains it a little bit to you as well in the meditation version that she records. But I feel like (laughs) all of that said, it would be rude for me not to pull a card for you. So you are the only at this point in time, anybody who listens to the podcast, you're the only person or people that are going to get a card from this because I, like I said, I'm not even ready to put, I don't know if I ever will put this deck on my channel. It's so special and sacred to me. It sits on my altar. I put almost nothing on my altar and these cards sit there because they're just, like I said, these cards have just made me like weep openly sob (laughs) in the best way. So we're going to give these a nice little shuffle. (sighs) Take a big couple deep breaths. <sighs> okay. Oh, I've never seen this one. See, this is this is why I like to read sometimes for others as well, though, because I always get cards I've never seen. So y'all got the child within. The inner mother, innocence, gentleness, tenderness. Now let me pull out the book and read this to you because this is going to be your oracle message for all y'alls. And I believe that anybody who's made it this far in the podcast, you have, um, this, this is for you. Like you're supposed to hear it because you, you're still here. Okay. The child within, we can be so hard on ourselves expecting to heal according to a schedule and beating ourselves up when we make a mistake. The rose wants us to release all hardness from our bodies and all hurt from ourselves to find a way to soften, to remember that no matter what has happened is happening or will happen. We're all innocent children of the stars and of the earth. The flowers are here for us. They're a safe, soft place to remember. They want you to nurture the child within This is a card of gentle reassurance and compassion. It brings a message of gentle understanding and tenderness. It's reminding you to treat yourself like the innocent child that you are. To take your inner child and let them rest deeply in the soft petals of your heart. We all have a child within us who at some point went into exile because they were hurt or because the world didn't feel safe. And no matter how much we've grown, 
When we as adults are hurt or are triggered, it's normal to regress to this age and feel overwhelmed by the original emotion. And while we can't change the past, what we can do is scoop up the child within and place them in the soft petals of the rose of our own heart. Soul Inquiry. How can you tenderly tend the child within? So that was your Oracle message. I've never seen that card. That one was really pretty. And also, I know that these cards are linked to me because for three of the days of the last six, I have drawn the same card as I've, I've shuffled and I've, I've drawn the same card for myself over and over and over again on my altar for the day. So I know that these cards are hella linked to me and that I really do believe that there is a divine feminine motherly presence that speaks to me with them. And I think it is honestly a big spiritual like... It's something that my spirituality was missing. This was something that is such a big thing that I can't believe it took me 30 to find it. Like, I don't know. It's just been great. And I still don't know how I feel about God. Like, I, that was definitely a moment of, I don't even know. Like, I feel like there is still something in me that is comforted by the name, but that's all it is to me. Like, again, I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe in religion. There's no way I'm going to pick any of that back up. I know too much. I've seen too much. I've seen the hurt that a lot of religious oppression can cause existing in it in myself back in the day. I will never be able to know God in that way ever again, because that way to me was not right for me. But I do think if I'm just talking about that same, that source, that that ether, that, you know, what have you, then, then it also begs the question, like, is God just genderless? Like, is the same presence coming to me now? And I just like address them now as the divine mother instead, because that feels right to me. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I want to look at it. I think that's kind of the beautiful thing about spirituality, though. And that's why I definitely prefer spirituality to religion is you get to choose. Like, I get to choose how I feel that presence in my life. I get to choose what I want to call it. I get to choose that for myself. I don't have to look at everybody else's model. And I think I'm saying that now more for myself than for you, but I'm because it just hit me right now. Like that's kind of the beauty in spirituality is I'm not even really looking for an answer. I feel like I already know the answer. I get to call it whatever I want, but all I know is I feel like my spirituality is on some like some thread that I feel like had been missing. And you know what else though? Like if I could add anything else to the end of this episode that I still don't know what I'm going to title. Um, if I could add anything else, I really feel like definitely since like summer of last year, I really feel like divinity has been missing in my life. Like don't get me wrong. Like I could still like channel and read cards, but when it came to my own personal life, I used to every day, like pray, I used to like, pray to the universal consciousness that is to the highest version of myself to. And I just felt like for several months, I would pray and I felt like nobody was listening. And I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like whatever divinity had been really cut off from me, it's not cut off from me anymore. And if that like, I feel like I'm 
saying that too, if there's like anybody out there that that is really hard for you, like for me, I always say like, yes, I'm a heart chakra person first, but I've never felt cut off from divinity like that before. I've always like really relied on my crown chakra. I've always really felt connected, tapped in, whatever you want to call it. And I've been that way my whole life. I never had to question spirituality because I've always had a connection and it always existed. I always felt it. Even being in a religious oppressive household, I still couldn't deny the things that I felt. And I feel like my intuition was actually something that was really honed. I think growing up in a religious household, that was actually a good thing. That was like the one good thing <laughs> that came out of being like really religiously oppressed um, was my intuition actually was really honored. And I feel like going through my Saturn return, that was something that was really like rudely ripped away from me. I didn't have a connection to divinity. I didn't feel inspired. Self-help books didn't help, especially the ones that were rooted in spirituality that I love to read. And I feel like now I'm really kind of circling back to everything and it, I feel connected again. And it's still new and it still like kind of breaks my heart sometimes. <laughs> I, I laugh because I'm uncomfortable. Um that's on being a Gemini moon laughing when you're uncomfortable. I get like the funeral giggles. I'm the worst, but I feel like it feels nice. And I hope that anybody out there that has been struggling in that way, if you've always felt connected and all of a sudden you just don't anymore, I hope that you know that your connection can always come back and you don't like sometimes that door needs to be closed for a while. I think from not having that connection, I've, I've learned so much in that time period. And that's another episode for another time. But in any case, I feel like I have shown up extremely vulnerably and authentic today, which that's the whole point of divine authenticity. This is like the most divine authentic episode I think we've had in a long time. Uh, but I hope this episode reaches you well, my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful pumpkin. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your Tuesday, rest of your week, wherever you are in the world. Don't forget to check out my Patreon, my TikTok, my Instagram, my, uh, the rest of the podcast. You're already here. If you're listening to this, I'm used to saying this on my YouTube channel. <laughs> and, um, I feel like there's something else I was going to tell you about. Is there another thing? Um, obviously check out the links down below. So I'm going to link that deck for you and anything else that I mentioned, but I love you so much and I hope you'll check out this Oracle deck. If it's something that you felt called to, it's been a really good one. It's been a like excellent. I think it, so far it has been my favorite deck that I've received or purchased for myself rather in a very long time. So um, anyways, I love you so much pumpkin and I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>